I heard you say a couple of things uh, in our discussion today. Uh, you know, one, this idea of having to have passion, persistence, perseverance. Uh, I love this idea of you know making sure that a person delivers what they promise. I think that's a forgotten characteristic yeah. in, in this day and age. Um, I love this idea that kept coming up that when you sit with clients, that will drive change if you have a problem solver mentality. Right. Um, I definitely will walk away thinking about this continuous execution and, and process implementation at scale and, and how using that will help drive an organization. In, in leadership, I, I think many organizations forget that at the end of the day, treating people like human beings is yeah. the most important Absolutely. leadership characteristic. Uh, and I love this idea of looking at life uh, in the context of spokes in a wheel and yeah. making sure that they're balanced. So I personally have learned a lot from our conversation today, Mr. Ramesh. And I just want to say thank you very much for sharing your time and wisdom with us today. Great. I'm uh, excited for today's episode of Talks with T. I'm very honored to have uh, Mr. Ramesh Ramakrishnan on the show. Uh, the, f you know, f I'd say forefather or founder of, of Transworld and chairman today. Um, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you very much, Tarek, and for giving me an opportunity to speak to you. Thanks. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the discussion. I guess for... Uh, anyone who's living under a rock and doesn't know what Transworld is, can you please at least uh, give an introduction to the company? Yeah, most certainly. I'll try and keep it as brief as possible. You know, the Transworld started off in the year 1977. Uh, it's a story where my father was the one who started this business. He, like a lot of Indians, uh, was advised to look for greener pastures and that is what was the instigation, that was his encouragement to go to Kuwait in the early 60s. And he started off working uh, as a, a stenographer in those days, you know, the ones who type yeah. mails, etc., etc. That was his primary job. And on the job, he learned a lot about the industry and, the, and, and how things work, etc. Then he got an opportunity to move in into Dubai in the, in the early 70s, actually. And... Uh, he then uh, had the vision to start up a small agency business hmm. way back in the year 1977 in Bombay. And we were the shipping agents for a container company called Conship. Hmm. And that used to come to Dubai and then go to Iran and go back. So he had the foresight in suggesting to them that they should go in into India and try and see what they could do and hmm. get started. And that was the beginning of the business. Unfortunately, you know, he sort of passed away in the year 1989 mm. when he was uh, hardly 57 years of age. Now, I was absolutely in the business right from the day one in 1977 when I was a young kid of 16 and 17. Mm. Uh, Bombay as a city, or India, uh, especially in Bombay, gives you a golden opportunity to essentially go to your college in the mornings and you finish your college by about 10 or 10.30. And the rest of the time, you're spending all your time getting into your work. Uh, you had an ability to go and start investing money into the stock markets. Maybe it's 10 rupees to 100 rupees, whatever you make, either singly or collectively with a few friends. Gave you a great insight into how you sort of establish something and start creating something over a period of time. And that was the sort of start. And since... He passed away in 1989. I moved to Dubai in 1989. We were a very small fledgling company even at that time. Uh, we had one ship and we had a few containers in our fleet mm. and an office in Bombay and a small little agency set up in, 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 in Dubai. Now, those were very challenging days. You see, when, when uh, as always, when the new replaces the old, uh, there's always a scenario where you want to do things in a very different manner. Yeah. And you find that there's hardly anyone who's sitting with you to try and help you, you know, who, who tries to tr sort of understand your vision of what you want to do. And that's about the time you sit down and start setting up your own plans and you are actually strangled 
like most startups would be or most beginners would be strangled for cash mm. you'll find that the banks or the people with who you deal with essentially don't understand what you're trying to communicate with them mm. but it's a uphill task actually but then that's the golden opportunity that's lying there in store for you so i sort of discussed with our senior leadership at the time here who was actually virtually handholding me to sort of grow the business it was a gentleman by the name of mr kulas who was associated at that time with my father and subsequently after he passed away he was also sort of handholding me and sort of molding me in the way things had to be looked at but again as i was very young at that time i was hardly 23 or 24 when i sort of got into this there was a fire in you to say that this is not the way it has to sort of grow grow in a much much bigger manner so as a result we started thinking about developing the agency model in a very big way and that essentially meant that you are connecting yourself with a lot of clients you understand the client's expectation and you try and create products just as he wants you to do and as you kept doing that i must say that by the year it was 1995 or you know almost close to the end of the century we i must say creditably we were under my leadership were almost the arguably the number one privately held shipping agency group in india almost close to 15 to 20% of whatever traffic came in and went out used to be through through our organization mm-hmm. that's on one side and then when i moved in 89 we had one ship here and a few containers here there was a burning need at that time for lines or shipping companies coming in here wanting to carry back because there was nothing that they could take back from this part of the world mm. so they always wanted to take back something to on their ships so we suggested that you come in here and we'll start running a smaller ship into india try and bring the export business from here give it to you transship in in port rashid in dubai and then take take over to wherever you go to whether it's europe mm. or the mediterranean or africa or wherever it is mm. that was the kind of start that we created and then of course today as we speak we are greatly involved we own under our group close to about 35 ships uh, these are container ships bulk carriers and also tankers incidentally today is the day you know uh, that's why i was saying that we need to, i need to so yeah. go back a bit early because we have a closing and we are buying the first of our tanker this morning and if we have an acquisition coming up again on monday as a second tanker that comes into our fleet so essentially shipping ship owning is is the core of our business and way back in the year 2000 we decided that we also cannot be sitting down only with the ships we expanded ourselves into the nvocc which is actually the business that connects our relationship with the customers it's a b2c business mm. where we have a number of customers who work with us we provide them with containers we have our ships we have a relationship with the terminals here we give them a complete comprehensive service and much later in the year 2000 <clears throat> we got into the logistics supply chain yeah warehousing distribution value addition transport you name it all mm. and that's the kind of space that we have gotten and developed today i must say that as an organization we have a commendable uh, let's say control of the cargo that's co- coming in from the subcontinent to this area close to the market share of about 30 35% is controlled through our organization mm-hmm. so it's been a arduous journey over the years while today i can say that we own 30 ships we we own so many warehouses we've got so many things that's working along but the journey has been extremely exciting challenging and yet it's something which has been fulfilled mm. and there's more to go obviously mm. but i think one thing that i want to say since you mentioned about the the human element that's involved in the business yeah i think nothing is possible unless and until you have a team with you mm. unless and until you have a team who have bought into your ideas yeah. and until unless and until you have the team who's willing to go all the way with you yeah to sort of fulfill the dream that you've shown them and then you want them to work along with you to reach that goal that's yeah. something which i can say very proudly that as a leader as the chairman of the group i can very proudly say that i am blessed with a great team mm. right from uh, my agency business to the ship owning business to the people working on board the ships to the 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 crane or the forklift operators whoever they are yeah we have a phenomenally strong team 
and that's my job to build them mm. and make sure that whatever they are in terms of expectations if you are able to fulfill that then they work for you and then give everything they have to make sure the goals are reached yeah thanks for for that overview and that uh, amazing history of of the business you took over at a very young age uh, and i would say you know unfortunately with your father passing so young you don't necessarily have uh, a, a, i would say a full on mentor guiding you and and you spoke about having to lead your own way so but it sounds like you also had some you know uh, someone that you could lean into who could develop you and so i i would love to get your views on the importance of having a mentor or how you developed yourself at such a young age to take on such a big task yeah. for for entrepreneurs who are listening who are early in their journey yeah. you know i think it's important uh, to reflect mm. uh you can call it by any name you can yeah. call it by a mentor you can call it by a guide you can do whatever whatever name you want to call yeah. it but the most important thing is in this journey you have to always find somebody on who you can confide you can speak your mind you can share your thoughts and i think that's something what truly a mentor would do to you handhold you tell you what is wrong and the mentor should have the ability to correct you at every step where you are likely to go wrong mm. you see what i find today and what i think is most important three things which i truly believe in yeah one is passion persistence and three is perseverance and these three are very important to have in any business because i find in today's times yeah. this element of patience is missing you know everybody wants to grow and create a big business in a very short span of time mm. and i think at the end of the day you have to nurture your business mm. and nurturing takes a lot of time and this needs to be done with an absolute focused manner because i think anything that you try to create uh, against the kind of law of nature i think it will be very hard for it to sustain on a long term basis the foundation is very important mm. a mentor is extremely important to guide you on a day to day manner or once in a time once in a week or once in a month when you want to go back to and reflect and share your thoughts what is happening what's not happening somebody is there acting as a mirror to tell you this is the direction that you need to take mm. i think i cannot tell you how important it is to have a good mentor mm. a good guide mm. to handhold you in any business or mm. anything even in your personal lives it is extremely important to have somebody who can sort of guide you through yeah this is something which one needs to be lucky and i think i must say that uh, the mentor can come in any form or shape you know because at mm. the end of the day the journey is yours and you are trying to find out and at the right time you will find somebody who's coming to be with you mm. and that's mm. how this journey goes through yeah. so i i must say that it's an extremely important need to have someone to who you can reflect who can come back to you and guide you yeah. in the whole journey yeah what were some of the things you learned from your mentor early on in in your in your journey of starting up the yeah. company i think it was what i learned from my father mm. and i had the the kind of uh, uh luck to work with him for close to about 13 years in the, in the professional side i learned a lot from him i think i would say that he was my first mentor yeah. as a father i think he taught me the the importance of hard work he taught me the importance of integrity he he taught me the importance of sticking to what you you have to deliver what you promise he taught me the values which is what has been the guiding force for me my organization and my family my children follow it to the t actually the importance of being truthful the importance of leading your organization in a manner that you're not compromising integrity in any form these are so fundamental in nature and that has to be stuck to all the times so he taught me all of these values importance of hard work staying focused being passionate about what you do etc etc and when 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 mr kulas was with me after my father passed away he taught me 
I would go and have, when I say a conversation, uh, it was not a conversation uh, in a manner that we would agree to everything. We used to have heated conversations uh, with the only interest to see how do we take the business forward? How do we end up employing more people? How do we create a larger business? So we'd sit down and talk and talk. Strategization, that was one thing that I learned out of him. We would sit down, discuss strategy, and then plan our tactics. How do we reach our goals? And more importantly, what I would also do at the same time, have the ability to internally introspect. Because I think what is also most important, what I've learned in my life, is you need to have measurable goals. Mm. And measurable, and you have to be very, very thorough with it because you can't be cheating yourself. Mm. If you say that this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to achieve, this is what I want to reach, you have to, on a monthly or a quarterly basis, in a transparent manner, look at what you've done. And you have to have the courage to accept that introspection. So that helps you to correct yourself. That helps you to change the direction that you want to take. You know, so introspection, a lot of these. Yeah. So my first mentor was my obviously my father. And Kulas helped me in the journey. And together, it gave me a great perspective of how one should build and grow your business. Yeah, You know, that's what has helped me to stay focused, anchored, and drive it to the levels where we are today. Yeah. So you, so you said there's three things that you believe are important in business. Uh, so I'd like, I'd like to talk about each one of them. I'd like to talk about the first one, which is passion. Yeah. Why do you believe it's such an important driver for success as an entrepreneur? Yeah. You know, I think uh, <clears throat> you have to have a fire in your belly all the time, you know, because it's it's important for you to dream. It's important for you to have a clear goal in your mind because I think most businesses are first built in your mind. Most of any journey that you want to do, whether mm. it's a journey, a car journey, everything is first in your mind. Mm. And I think that's where that kindling of the passion comes in. And you want to do, you want to do, you know, when you're young, when you want to do a lot of these things, there has to be an enormous level of fire in your belly. Mm. And you want to truly believe in yourself and have nothing to stop you from reaching your goals. And that to me is passion. And that's something which has to be within you. That the fire has to be in you to enter. You have to keep dreaming about it. And that comes in only if you have that passion in yourself. Without which, you can be like amongst the others, one amongst the rest. You can just be, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong about it or right about it. But I think it will not give you an ability to sort of dream and make yourself where you want to be in times to come. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew what exactly I had to do after a lot of deliberations thinking because I was involved right from the age of 16 in the way our businesses is created and done. So I had a very clear idea in my mind. Unfortunately, after my father passed away and, and at an untimely time, I really had to take the mantle and start yet having a big dream, big passion. And end of the day, that's what drove me to reach where we are. And I think yeah. to me, that's so, so important. Mm. And mm. that has to be in you internally yeah. and you kindle it all the time. Yeah. Even now I can say that at the age of 61, I still have a huge set of agenda that I want to achieve in my life. Yeah, that's amazing. The second one you talked about was persistence. What are stories that come to mind for you personally where you had to exhibit persistence in the business? You know, we are in this business of shaping. Mm. And as you know, this industry is highly cyclical. And this is so full of challenges. Mm. And I think... It's not meant for the weak. You know, you've got to be ready to take on all the challenges. And that persistently following through the principles that you have and not willing to give up. I mean, it's, you're not going to see success every morning. Yeah, You're going to have the bad and the good days going together. Or certain days are good, many days are bad. But I think you have to be mentally strong and be persistent and in your belief to think that you are going to reach your goal at the end of the day. Giving up in the middle of a race is no good. Mm. And you've got to be absolutely persistent with it Mm. and to strongly believe in what you want to achieve. You know, there are many things like we went through so many hardships in our lives. 
uh, when we in the in, in the early 90s uh, there was a stage when you know the, your the banks or the people with who you deal with may not want to support you the way you expect them to support you but at the same time you can't be losing sight of what you want to grow mm. and that's about the time you feel that i have to persist with this i have to go on with this endlessly because i believe in my vision i believe in what i want to do mm. so unless and until one persists you're not going to reach your goal as well yeah i think what is also as i said at the beginning what probably is missing in in, in today's generation today's um, approach to things is possibly this approach of building an organization on a long term basis and everybody is thinking short mm. three years five years and two years you know but if you do not have this value of being persisting yourself with what you do with passion i doubt whether you will have the ability because you're only thinking of trading a business yeah and i think if you want to build a business on a longer term basis you naturally have to have the passion and you need to persist with this endlessly mm. and that's why i truly believe in success and defeat will come every day mm. but you need to be persistent with your goal yeah. and have that passion to build it up yeah. that's why i strongly believe and i tell everybody persistence is most important mm. along with passion mm. Mm. and how, how do you keep that persistence going so you know let's take the example you talked about in the 90s you know it's one obstacle uh, that the business faces and what what have you done for yourself to make sure that you don't let dark thoughts or dark times become the narrative of how you operate you see you need to be proactive and you need to be very focused yeah. actually you know dark clouds keep coming every now and then yeah. um rainy days are there every now and then but i think if you are persistent and focused in what you do and truly believe in what you're doing yeah. I don't think you need to be sort of looking left to right yeah. and get worried about what's happening outside of you. Yeah, yeah. Outside markets affect your business at some point of time you you can't be obviously in control of it. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're very proactive, as long as you're very clear and as long as you're persisting in the way you're doing a business, you know, there's also an opportunity for you to tweak the way you do things. Mm-hmm. You can always kind of pivot your business. Mm-hmm. Because I think at the end of the day uh the most important thing is to also be very flexible mm. and very nimble in what you do what mm. you want to do mm. so this persistently pushing your way forward mm. and it has to be continuously in you yeah. and i think i make myself very clear and I, to me most of my people in the organization in my team to me i'm never satisfied with what has been set as a goal 6 months back and if you've achieved it mm. i'm have a habit of continually pushing the goal post ahead mm. till you've reached and you have to keep pushing yourself even more even after you've reached what you set yourself out so this only comes with absolutely persistently pushing and i keep myself strongly focused on that you know i'm never satisfied yeah. and this persistence comes out of not being satisfied okay. you want to keep yourself on and on and on and on and on yeah to a point that sometimes you might end up irritating or maybe upsetting people around you yeah, but then that's that, that going to be that's that was going to be my next question yeah. is how do you manage uh having that continuous drive that persistence with the team around you who maybe feels like we accomplished this goal but now the goal post just moved yeah but you see uh, if you if you're not setting yourself up for that i think there's no growth yeah and to 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 me i think if if you have to grow mm. grow as a as an individual as part of an organization and including personally it's extremely important that you have to set new goals every day yeah i think it's it's a question of not even setting something up for the next one year every day is a new day mm. and every day you need to set yourself up very clearly what am i going to do today what am i what do i want to achieve tomorrow so this is something which i don't know whether books can teach you yeah i mean i am not a, a someone who's gone into a big university and then mm. it's all out of practical experiences mm. i think it has to be coming in from you and you have to believe that i have to grow mm. if you are an individual you you married you have a family you may have a child you have to provide and you have to have that kind of a feel even for your family to grow so you can't have a 
kid and say it's okay you've done got 100% you've done well in this and that's the end of it you know you have to keep pushing your goals mm. to a point people have to trust you and believe you what you're trying to tell them and what is it that you see ahead in life yeah and they have to all rally around you and work towards reaching those goals yeah and i think it's important to not like what i just mentioned a while back to get them irritated mm. but you got to sort of uh, put it to them in a manner that believe in you and they are all working with you to reach that yeah and i i kindle myself every day mm. there's no escape from that you know you got to set yourself up with new goals mm. like i said at my age i still want to do so many things and i have a very clear agenda as to what i should be achieving yeah i may not achieve all of it yeah but even if i reach 30 or even 50% of that i think i would have still done my job well yeah yeah you you said something earlier about when you were first establishing the business part of the way you were able to grow was looking at what customers were asking for and then building yeah. a solution that would deliver that yeah i'd love to learn more about how you approach listening to customers how you approach building for customers yeah you see uh, there's a fundamental uh, difference in the sense some people have the products and you start pushing your product actually mm. uh but i found that at some point of time you see we could say that i have a ship you you have cargo you give me i'll take it for you and deliver it here that's one way of doing it yeah but the other way of doing it is to have all of these that you have created as an ingredient and then you go up to your client and ask him what is it that you're challenged with what mm. is it that you're facing difficulty for example i'll give give you yeah. something what we did many years back mm. we had a client who would ship can't remember what product but he would ship it in cartons mm. uh, that you would put it in into a container but we found that after we sat and started discussing with him we found that what he had to do was to reduce the length of his carton by almost 2 inches on each of his carton or maybe a, i think 1 inch or something on each of the carton that actually gave him an ability to add another layer of carton into the container into which he was shipping actually mm. i'm just giving you one yeah, example yeah, yeah. but i think when you sit down and interact with your client with your customers with your vendors suppliers what happens is you'll begin to see that everyone has a challenge everything everybody has got something or the other that is actually troubling them to reach or uh, or kind of realize the kind of profit that they should be generating so when you sit down and start talking to your clients you will change as a, a provider of a product that you have to a problem solver I, i i keep telling all our people who go out in the market and start talking to the customers we are actually problem solvers and yeah. if you start looking at that from that context you're always going to identify profit will follow mm. if you are going to be a solver of a problem to your client the client is going to be more attached to you more connected to you and once he is more closely connected to you then you can start stitching up many of your offerings together through which you will make him completely let's say sticky with you yeah and i think importantly you have to understand understand them what they really want and that's not an easy easy exercise too but i think it's 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 necessary that you sit with them you understand what they want for example recently if you've been hearing about there's been a lot of issues in the logistics in yeah. the supply chain management that's been the talk of the day actually yeah uh, most of the clients did not have a visibility visibility in terms of the supplier providing them what they want and also the transit delays that was happening from one port to the other the ships were full but therefore not accepting so nobody had a very clear visibility mm. in terms of what was happening mm. so we got on to the job of sitting with our clients who have been loyal to us for many years but they found that they were not really getting what they wanted yeah so we sort of set out very clearly we sat down created a platform within our organization started talking to this digital supply chain institute based in the US started getting our people getting our clients involved and started having various workshops understood and what we got to know was the kind of transparency the kind of information the customer was looking forward was not really available because in a closed kind of a situation where nothing was visible mm-hmm. so we started getting into and started creating a platform 
through which every hour or every day we could go back to a client and exactly tell him where his product was mm. so this is the recent one but yeah. i think every time what we have always done was to sit with our customers and understand their precise requirements and then start structuring products which helps them to build yeah. on the other hand in the early days the, the what you think as a product that you had you will just go and dump it on your client mm. and they say this is what i have i have a glass this is what you want to take you take it and go yeah but that keeps changing over a period of time so we have from the day one as an organization we sort of believe that it's important to first understand your client yeah and be closer to him and mm-hmm. try and give him what he wants you to solve as his problem yeah and i think if you are able to deal with that that will buy a lot of loyalty mm. that will help your client to stay with you mm. and i think that's very very important in any business sit with your client understand his need and be able to create a solution for him yeah so we are we believe in in our organization we are problem solvers mm. and not just simply salesmen yeah yeah and when when the organization smaller and i'm the leader driving that i can imagine it's much easier but when the organization scales how do you drive that attitude throughout the company you know see yeah, for, for, for over a period of time uh, there are certain things that we are sort of stuck to every tuesday we have a review meeting actually i mean i i attend most of it if i don't attend also it's in a structured manner somebody the others driving it but every time what we are looking at is to go on repeatedly saying that we are problem solvers we have to solve customers problem business will follow profits will follow mm. and this is a mantra that we are sort of set clearly to our organization and to the team and they all think in that manner mm. and this this takes time it is not that it's going to happen overnight yeah. but it has to start from the top mm. and that slowly starts percolating down and then everybody starts looking at it from that perspective yeah. yesterday we had a classic case where there were some shipments that was coming in from from jeda you know the, the, the clients decided to uh, road haul the particular consignment from jeda into dubai mm. and there's a time constraint it has to be here on on tuesday mm. but it's still stuck in jeda till yesterday mm. so they reached out to us and said hey help us what do we do so we set the mechanism going all the way and we ensured that we spoke to whoever was needed what was needed in terms of some lashing that was actually missing mm. whatever had to be done was done and i'm happy to say that the containers have started moving from jeddah by road all the way mm. Mm. hitting the saudi border tomorrow and will be here uh, on uh, sunday mm. Mm. So, you know the understanding what the clients want when they are stuck and if you can create a solution to help them and find what exactly they want and be adapt to their needs and keep doing it you will find a lot of success and traction along with it mm-hmm. i just gave you one example yeah. there are many many that i can yeah. sort of share with you and then how do you ensure that what the client wants in the field so your teams in the field problem solving but then these if if the team is solving for the same problem across geographies or continuously that in and of itself could potentially become its own product or its own offering yes. and so how do you make sure that those insights that are happening on the ground as individual touch points make their way up back yeah. to the management team to be able to say what can we learn from this for yeah. the future of the business i mean i think you sort of hit the nail actually mm. in this journey when you're trying to find what the customers want and what you're trying to build as against their expectations and what you can offer them actually finally it comes up to the management level and through which you start deciding on the investment decisions mm. and it's 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 always not possible that you can outsource everything to everyone yeah then at some point of time you decide for example we were first a shipping agent i'll just give you a story how it happened yeah please i'd love to a hear it a shipping agency is where you are acting as an agent for a principal and you are offering a service to carry a product from a to b actually so so the so the principal is the one who actually deals with the client and their principal is the is the operator of the service okay and if you are an agent you offer the principal's product to your client okay 
And okay. for a, for a, like an A agent, you would earn Take a, a certain percentage okay. as a fee yeah. that you earn. That's how we go. Yeah. And that's only possible if you had a connection with your client. Mm, mm. Then as we went along, we said that we needed to have a ship that we have to run. Mm. And if you have to run the ship profitably, you need to also get other clients' cargo on board the ship. Plus, at the same time, if you had something or the other left as a vacant space, you have to try and use it. Then mm. what do you do? Then you can come up with a concept and saying that, oh no, we have to also start buying our own containers. Mm. Then you start making sure that every time the ship sails, apart from the other client's cargo, whatever space is available, you're also putting in your own box along with some client's cargo into it, mm. which means that the containers, the ship is going absolutely full in both directions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which obviously means adding to your profitability. Yeah. The next thing you see is that, oh, the client wants you to do a bit of transportation. He's not going to just bring, bring it to the port. He's going to tell you, listen, you come to my warehouse, come to my factory, go and pick it up, take my stuff. You do all that you have to do. Yeah. And the next thing, after a while, you think, oh, this is a great business. Mm. We should also start having some trucks and trailers to operate the business. Yeah. You start adding into that. Then the next thing you'll realize that the client wants to have information. He wants to know where is what and what, because ultimately the client wants to reduce his working capital. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to go to the bank and start having uh, borrowings and start keeping, uh, keeping interest for it. So he wants to know exactly what is happening, which means he wants to buy and sell exactly in a very well-balanced manner so that his cash outflows are not affected. Mm. So you start creating a system through which you are informing them. Mm. Then you think that, oh, this is not enough. You need to have a warehouse yeah. because he wants you to store it here. And then he comes up and tells you, I want you to distribute it to me. Then he comes up and tells you, I want you to in- invoice my clients mm. and start collecting and start paying to, to me regularly. Yeah. So what happens is when you are looking at it from a service perspective, mm. when you're looking at things from a customer problem-solving perspective, gradually it comes up to you. For example, today we have a, a air freight department yeah. which started off as a service providing to many clients who need the air freight as a product. But I think after a while, after we have created a base, it doesn't end there. Mm. I've told my guys that, listen, we have to start having our own aircraft. That should be our goal mm. in, a, in a period of time, in mm. maybe two years, in, in three years' time. If you build the base up, you should also start operating your own aircrafts mm. with cargo, of course, not yeah. with passengers. Yeah. But that's the dream that my guy has got and he's working very hard towards achieving that, that in the next two years. Mm. But what are we doing in the process? We are actually providing solutions to clients. Yeah. So one integrated, elongated platform is what you create. Mm. And now mm. in today's times, it doesn't end by just offering these kind of services. Today, digitization is the way things are happening. Yeah. You should be able to create platforms mm. through which probably businesses get transacted as well. Mm. But very importantly, the digital connect to your clients are so important today more than the the brick and mortar. Yeah. You know? So you it's an ever changing, ever evolving world where continual conversations with clients helps you to think ahead and mm. start creating, planning and you start strategizing and start reaching your goals. Yeah. It's a very fast changing world today as yeah. against what it used to be 30 years back or 35 yeah. or 40 years back. Yeah. So it's, it's a very, very changing times. And this is where I also think that as an organization, we also have a mix of the young versus the old. Mm. You know, the, 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 the young have the energy today to start thinking in a manner how you can change the way you are operating. Yeah. And the old has the wisdom and the, and the kind of knowledge and the kind of time that they have spent in to build the business. Mm. So when you have the right admix of the two, you have created a different ethos altogether. Yeah. And that's what is actually driving our organization forward. Mm. You know? So end of the day, you have to be a problem solver. Mm. Mm. And through that, it starts pushing upwards. And from there, you start creating your plans and start strategizing it and start implementing it. So you can have a lot of plans, but if you don't have the ability to strategize and implement, implementation is even more important. Yeah. And that's the sort of key that we have been kind of following over the years. Yeah. So we, we create a base, grow to a large extent, and then start putting in our assets and start doing all those kind of things to have more customer connect. Mm-hmm. 
to a certain extent, one thing I've seen in some organizations is once they've started to build the base or once they've achieved something, uh, comfort starts to settle in. And then even when there's younger talent trying to push in a new direction, there's some resistance. Yeah. So how do you manage that both of those dynamics where maybe the more tenured folks have the operational legacy, understand the business inside and out. And sometimes, you know, the inertia of chain, the inertia of, of stability uh, is so big that change becomes something that's daunting for them while also empowering the younger folks to go ahead and push. Absolutely. You know, change management is important. I think we, yeah. we truly believe that uh, every day there is there is a need to change actually. Yeah. You know, but it's, 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 it's true what you say because yeah. there are times that you are faced with these sort of internal conflicts mm. uh, where sometimes if you find this is on an ongoing basis where some of the the older lot are unable to adapt and accept yeah. the changes that is really required you keep giving them a few chances you keep keep talking to them but if some of them not all but some of them are stuck to their ways yeah then it's very difficult for them to run the race mm. and you will find that such people who are not willing to run the race fall by the wayside yeah and i'm not saying that we are an organization where we don't have that mm. we do have quite a number of them because we do have conflicts like this yeah where there's a set of thinking that comes in there is a set of people who think oh that's not the way it has to be done but every time this iteration happens and you will find that at the end of the day out of a lot of conversations that we have we will come back with the right solution the journey has to be consistent you know the, the all the four wheels will have to be running at the same pace otherwise you will have a problem yeah so when you have issues like this where some of the older generation could be the other way around as well you know yeah. if somebody doesn't align their thoughts with the organizational goals then the organization cannot close down and you know move away from it mm. that individual who doesn't find a place in the team will have to naturally find an exit yeah this happens on an ongoing basis mm. and that's why i think uh, we don't even call it as human resource we call it as human assets actually yeah mm. there's a lot of work that goes on on a continual basis there's a lot of mentoring that happens there's a lot of coaching that happens there's a lot of one on one interaction that happens when there's something called as uh, coffee with the chairman that we run in an organization yeah. where in random we pick up people you know they have an ability every week they sit with me talk to me i talk to them all about their family life what they do it motivates them mm. it, it energizes them mm. and when they go back that's what they, you know they ensure that they are passing that message across to their colleagues and there's a lot of energy there and that they all put it together and keep working yeah. the question that you asked this alignment or misalignment is a daily possibility and that's something which is what you have to be prepared to deal with mm. it's not that who's right and who's wrong mm. but the organization goals will have to be met yeah. and those who are not able to run along with that goal along with the team and if one is going to reduce the pace of the wheel then the then the car collapses yeah so we cannot allow that to happen mm. so you need to be moderating it and ensuring that the pace is maintained at all times mm. Mm. it's a task by itself yeah yeah you know it's impressive it, you come across as a very you know powerful strategic thinker but i love that you you said something that's very important which is implementation is equally if not more important than the strategic thinking what have you learned about driving implementation at scale because it's clear that you're you have these very big ideas and they span many different areas but you're moving all of them forward and so what have you learned about how to manage implementation at such a large scale across different segments you know <clears throat> implementation there is no two ways about it it is the most important thing yeah. you know but i think to implement anything the processes you know i think one needs to go through and have a comprehensive overhaul of your processes every now and then like i said at the beginning in like introspecting yourself your own organization's process will have to be 
continually looked into. And there has to be a team that is evaluating how well-oiled the mechanism is. And that's something which has to be on an ongoing basis because you find that time and again, what you thought is good today is not necessarily good tomorrow. Mm. And the process team has to be on top of all of this. And this is, an, this is something which we learned because when we, we were one of the very first organizations in the 80s or, or in the early 90s, when we ended up having a small little computer with a dot matrix printer to print out all the manifests and things like that. And then later on, much later in the beginning of the year 2000, we lost out in that race because we were one of the first to implement computerization. Mm. But much later, we discovered that we did not live up to that level. Mm. And that what we set it up in 1990 started seeing a decline in the year mm. 2000 and onwards. Much later in 2007 and 8, we decided that most importantly is for us to continuously go on looking at our own process. Keep on improving the way we do things. And that's something which is an ongoing exercise and you can never let go of it. And if you have the processes right, implementation becomes a lot more easier. Mm. And if you forget about the processes and the people that are involved in it, forget it. No matter what you have as your dream, you can never implement it to, to, the, to the levels where you want it to be. Yeah. So I think evaluation of the process and having a very strong process and the delivery team is extremely important in any business. In anything, for, the, for that yeah. matter. And we have followed it like a mantra. Yeah. And we've had a very strong basis team looking at it. Mm. I'm not saying that it is 100% satisfactory just because it has been there. Mm. Every time these guys look at it, every time they come up with a new requirement. Today, your client's requirement may be A and tomorrow's need may be C. Mm. So we may be sitting with something which is below A. Yeah. But that's not enough, you know. You've mm. got to change again and again and start looking at your process mm. and keep on improving to sort of build efficiency. Yeah. yeah. That is also a parallel ongoing exercise that has to happen. Mm. You mm. know, without which your execution can go to a uh, you can think and dream and you can do anything. Mm. Execution can be a big problem at that time. Yeah. And if execution is not smooth and and the processes are not driving it then it becomes a drudgery for your client. Mm. Not only for your customer, for your own internal family, internal employees who are working yeah. with you. To them, it's a drudgery, yeah. using the whole process in the system. Yeah. So I think it's important that execution along with the process, understanding is the key. Yeah. So, so do you have kind of a process improvement or a project management team? That's, yes, that's, we do have a... Yeah. Uh, a general manager who runs the entire process right across the organization. Okay. And he's continually looking and talking to each one of them. Yeah. Time and again, he's also speaking to the clients along with the sales team and the heads of the units, understanding what is really required and adapting it to the requirements. So that keeps the efficiency level very, very high. Yeah. I also want to make a quick mention while we talk about all of this. Yeah. I said at the beginning how important your human assets are. Yeah. Uh, as an organization, uh, Transworld has been regarded as a great place to work for the last five years consecutively. Mm. And this year, I think we've come in as the 60th great place to work within Asia. Mm. I think to us, it's a great recognition because it comes from that organization who gauges people. And that's largely coming in from the feedback of your own internal employees. So you can't become a great place to work if you don't have a happy, satisfied team yeah. sitting in there as a family and working for you. Mm. So I think I'm very proud to say that that's been a phenomenal journey that we've had. Yeah. And it's the team. Mm. It's ultimately how you motivate the team. See, the leader is only as good as the team. Mm. I mean, I can come up and speak today so many things. Yeah. But I wouldn't be anywhere near it if my team did not work along with me to deliver and mm. live up to what I wanted. Yeah. And it is up to me to ensure that I'm providing them with the right kind of infrastructure, right kind of environment for them to work and start building the organization. Mm. To me, execution is the key. Process is very important. Like I said at the beginning, patience, persistence, perseverance, passion, all of these are very, very important mantras. Yeah. Integrity. Uh, you know, you you got to be absolutely true to whatever you do. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have to start um, respecting people. Yeah. You have to start looking at people 
as human beings and mm. these are the values that we have in an organization yeah. every individual will have to be respected customer centrality is a key theme that we have you have to keep on doing everything that your customers expecting you to do and even exceed from there mm. you have to have uh, customer centrality it's it's very very important actually uh, and excellence one of the mantras that we have anything that we do we do it best we yeah. do it as best as we can mm. and keep on improving and this improvement comes out of the process yeah execution happens along with it mm. so there's a lot of things that i mean today is a great day for me to sit and talk because many times you're not really thinking you know yeah. looking at all of these things you're in a journey or you got your dream yeah. you want to push yourself ahead you know yeah. today's conversation natarik with you actually gives me an opportunity to go back and start rewinding my own thoughts yeah. and seeing how we have put the jigsaw puzzle together yeah. and where we have kind of reached in the last maybe 45 46 years of being yeah. in business yeah yeah i know it's the difference between seeing the tree and the forest right exactly. when you're in the execution mode it's yeah. it's True. it's difficult to see the 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 broader picture for sure uh, eventually transworld got, gets to a point where there's a there's a partial exit uh, of the business i'd love to hear more about that experience yeah. you know uh, <clears throat> we've uh, as an organization we have uh, we consider ourselves as a dubai organization as a mm. uae grown organization mm. we have continually worked very closely with uh, port rashi the dubai ports world and all of them over many many years along with the various other operators in india yeah Now, as I said at the beginning, we sort of created an organization which was delivering with containers, and we were running ships in the various areas again, con- connecting with the customers. So we've been sort of interacting uh, uh, for a while with DP, DP World, and they have a great vision as well, where they don't want to be just people who are operating from a gate to gate; yeah. they want to go even beyond the gates mm. of the ports. and start creating value for their clients that's their vision uh, that's they want to be an enabler to global trade that's mm. their kind of dream mm. so they came up and we've been sort of having a close relationship and they came up and spoke to us a few years back and said that hey listen you guys have a great model that you built because everything is so well integrated stitched together would you all uh, look like to be our partners mm. would you like to be a partner with us and we would like to invest into your business mm. So we sat down at usually and these things don't happen in one discussion or yeah. one conversation. So we had to go first of all we had to think as a family something which I've put in a lot of effort to build over the last so many years. Mm. Are we doing the right thing to allow somebody else to come and be yeah. uh, wanting to be a partner with us? You know yeah. this was a big debate actually within the family within the senior leadership. And then we came to a conclusion that whatever we have been able to build in this last 45 46 years there is a great amount of value and why not why not we look at a good partner like a dp world and see how you can take it to a different level yeah so that triggered our thought that yes why not progress with the conversation start looking at this more closely and then we had a few rounds of discussions with them we sort of carved out the operational business uh, what we have mm. which i meant is the nvocc business where we run the containers and we also run some of the business within the indian coast yeah and we said that okay these are businesses that we can talk about and then said they said yes let's take this out we become your partners you be our partners you keep running the business with a clear understanding that our assets will always be used in the business that is being run mm. so to us we have a right of first refusal yeah and we also have an ability to kind of uh, partly exiting some of the businesses yeah. and having them as our partners in the business mm. So it's been a great journey first time yeah. we did that yeah. after a lot of uh, thinking and talking and backwards and forwards finally we hit the right formula yeah. and very very happy to have concluded that about 2 to 1/2 years back yeah. with DP World. Yeah. It's been a great journey actually yeah. and that business continues to thrive. Yeah. Uh, thrive for them and thrive for us mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And what is that feeling like when you close a transaction like that having spent a large percentage of your life uh, you know focused on building the business? Well, you know, it's not easy. Yeah. First of all, I must say it's not easy to yeah. take a decision. Yeah. Uh, because you you you're very unsure, you know, what kind of a space that you're going to get into. Mm-hmm. But I think once you've got across that thought 
and you're very certain that what you're doing is the right thing mm. for for the business mm. for the people and for the organization and for the family of course mm. you start detaching yourself a bit more and start looking at it from a distance mm. and that is not an easy exercise too because uh like i said every tuesday we have a review meeting we sit mm. down and talk when this conversation was on almost 6 months before that i started detaching myself from those regular tuesday reviews actually mm. and i wanted our people to continue to do what they had to do because mm. at some point of time if we succeed in this naturally i'm going to be sitting outside and okay remain to be a, a board member and all yeah. of that you know but yeah. that doesn't mean that i'm going to be putting my finger yeah. every day in the operations yeah. so it was a journey that we had to go through i don't think there's a a fixed rule or a fixed uh, way anybody would deal with it mm. i think each entrepreneur will have to find what is going to comfort mm. him mm. and what is his best way to sort of deal with these situations actually mm. to us it's been a great journey yeah uh, first time we did that and uh, we found it extremely useful very good so we very well know that what we have created tomorrow is going to grow and become a huge business mm. in times to come you know yeah. that's the kind of belief and confidence that we had and that's how we moved ahead with that yeah yeah and for you personally what's changed after that in terms of how you operate or what you do well nothing has changed it's just that uh, uh it 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 uh, allows you to have sufficient amount of uh, capital available all the time in terms of your liquidity etc yeah. etc uh, you start looking at uh, a new way of kind of identifying just as you said at the beginning mm-hmm. we kind of look at many startups you know interesting uh, the idea is to have conversations it's yeah. not that every startup is exciting you know mm-hmm. but when you keep talking to entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and it's it's also i love sitting and talking to these young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, when they come up with those flashy ideas great mm-hmm. ideas mm-hmm. not all of them are success but i learn from them mm-hmm. it's like a reverse mentoring i learn mm-hmm. a lot from these youngsters who come in mm-hmm. and then when we find that there's anything that is interesting which we believe has got a great opportunity mm-hmm. we also go in and start investing into those mm. vehicles mm. and continue to support them that's where uh, this hand holding happens that's yeah. where we start working very closely with them and it keeps me busy with all of that yeah. plus the logistic business is still as far as i see it is a business which is still growing mm. Mm. and sort of we believe that there's a lot of effort that needs to go in uh, my son ritesh is looking after the operations he's strongly anchored into all of these things anisha is involved in a lot of corporate responsibility areas and she runs the family office yeah. that we have mm. so the children are also very clearly in terms of their responsibility in terms of the succession and all of that is very clearly identified mm. they both of them actually i must also say that uh, have greatly imbibed all these values and virtues that i was talking about mm. and they all continue to drive as the next generation mm. also in a manner which makes me extremely proud and i see Great. them driving all of this with the same level of passion same level of commitment same level of persistence and that gives me great level of confidence yeah. and i am very very happy looking at new projects new ideas what do we want to do like i just mentioned yeah. we're getting into the tanker business so many many new ideas keep cropping up mm. and this is also a consequence of our being able to talk to many of our clients and they come and tell you this is what we're looking at we're looking at food processing as a business mm. in india mm. we believe food security is an extremely important aspect of uh, an expectation in this region and anyway yeah. yeah so we are working very very hard to set up a phenomenally strong powerful food processing unit in india mm. which will continually be able to support and becomes a good business model for us yeah we're looking at uh, uh, various other opportunities you know in 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 here and also in india yeah continually keep evaluating keep seeing what we have to do and keep moving we can't remain stagnant yeah and we got to keep moving keep moving keep moving at our own pace that's why i said you know you got to move your goal post all the time mm. and i do that myself you know so mm. you're not going to be sitting down and saying oh you reached what you wanted to and i'm happy to sit and spend my time at home you know that's not the way it works yeah so you got to keep pushing yourself yeah you know one uh, one thing that came up when i was talking to uh, your children about questions for for today's session was your ability to maintain good balance in work and life and so i'd love to yeah. learn a little bit more about how you what your daily rituals look like how you organize yourself yeah 
you know, uh, I follow a very simple uh, theory for this. Yeah. I sort of, uh, it's like uh, spokes in a wheel actually. Mm. And uh, I sort of spoke it with about six separate spokes in a wheel. Mm. Uh, one is your uh, professional, one is your personal, three is your family, four is your health, friends, and then, you know, nourishing your knowledge. Uh, all of this is something which is a spiritual side of life, mm. the physical side of life where you do a lot of these workouts, exercises and things like that, you know. So what I do is take the wheel, split that into different spokes and put it very clearly, what are those priority areas? Mm. And, and every part of the wheel has to be nourished. Mm. For example, again, like I said, if you are going to be excessively in the spiritual side and ignoring your friends for that matter, or if you're excessively in the in the field of physical exercises and forgetting about a lot of other aspects of life, you'll find the wheel suddenly starts breaking. Yeah. You know, it doesn't remain strong to go keep moving. So you have to nurture all of this. And it's an important thing, you know, for example, travel. You want to be with your family, for instance. You want to be, uh, uh, let's say, updated. You want to be in in the space of keeping updated with the knowledge, changes that's happening environmentally outside. You want to be very fit physically. You you know, all of these things have to be balanced out. Mm. And then you could bring out this work, um, life, balance, etc., etc. I must say that, you know, at the end of the day, if one is going to look at excessively only working, it's exciting when you're young, you know, I also did the same thing, but yeah. I can say this at my age, after I've gained the wisdom that it's important to have a balance in life. Mm. One cannot take over as an overdriving priority over the others. I think mm. everything has to be in a balance. Mm. Everything needs to be put in that the wheel mm. and the wheel has to be extremely well balanced. Mm. Then I think you will find that um, equation that's needed to keep your life in a more meaningful way. Yeah, I think... It's, it's something, again, you learn. Mm. Uh, I sort of was the same, you know, when I used to run endlessly, you know, every day taking a flight, you're going here and there, here and there, and not really bothering and spending enough time when I should have. But the inverse of that is probably if you didn't do all of that, maybe you would not have seen the kind of success whatever yeah. you've seen over the period of time. Yeah. Sooner one learns to balance, I think it's better for them. Mm. Because in these days of burnouts, which you keep hearing so often, mm. It is necessary that you find a life balance that works. Mm. There is no, again, a fixed formula for it. Each one will have to find what works for them. Mm. But importantly, it has to be balanced. Mm. Now, how do you find that as a balance is something which each one will have to work hard and identify. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. But there cannot be anything in excess. It has to be well balanced. Mm. That's what I found over so many years. And that's not the mantra that I've been following. Mm. I have my ritual every morning. I have my uh, my prayer session. Mm. Then I have my a trainer comes home, you know, mm. four to five days a week. Without fail, I do my physical exercises. Even if I travel, I go through with that. I have my set of friends, not too many, but whoever I have, keep meeting them, keep spending sufficient amount of time with them, keep reading, keep myself updated with whatever is happening in the world spend a lot with a lot of time with my team keep uh, talking to them keep sort of reflecting ideas keep sharing thoughts all of that happens spend a lot of great time with my grandson a lot of time with Ritesh and Anisha along with my wife we have a great time we go on family holidays it all has come over a period of time yes. but now it has come to a stage where it's very very well balanced mm. And I don't wish to change that at all at any point of time. Mm. I don't wish to trade that for anything else. Yeah. And I think it's extremely important when it comes to real life because health is very important. Mm. 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 And you can't become a burden to anyone for that mm. matter. Mm. So you've got to take care of yourself. And that only comes with the way you balance your life. Yeah. So they're like, there is no fixed formula again. There's no fixed way you do. You have to find your own. But I think the great model that you can look at is this wheel. Yeah. Put it all down in six different perspectives and keep nurturing all of them in a well-balanced manner and see how you're doing. Yeah. Six months later, you evaluate it. Has it worked for you? If not, what do I do next? Mm. Six, three months later, again, look at it. Oh, this I'm doing too much. Oh, this I must cut it down. This is something which I'm doing too, too less. 
bring it up. So you can e- easily balance it out in a manner you look at it. Yeah. In a very clear way. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be getting biased about it. You have to be very open about it and keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I heard you say a couple of things uh, in our discussion today. Uh, you know, one, this idea of having to have passion, persistence, perseverance. Uh, I love this idea of you know making sure that a person delivers what they promise. I think that's a forgotten characteristic yeah. in, in this day and age. Um, I love this idea that kept coming up that when you sit with clients, that will drive change if you have a problem solver mentality. Right. Um, I definitely will walk away thinking about this continuous execution and, and process implementation at scale and, and how using that will help drive an organization. In, in leadership, I, I think many organizations forget that at the end of the day, treating people like human beings is yeah. the most important Absolutely. leadership characteristic. Uh, and I love this idea of looking at life uh, in the context of spokes in a wheel and yeah. making sure that they're balanced. So I personally have learned a lot from our conversation today, Mr. Ramesh. And I just want to say thank you very much for sharing your time and wisdom with us today. Tariq, thank you so much. It is a pleasure. And I enjoyed uh, this conversation with you. And I look forward to meeting with up, meeting up with you. And if you need anything, I'm always available. Please feel free to reach out to me. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you very much.